Welcome to the Asset Management Fridays edition of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 45 years of combined experience in operations and management and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems, manage their properties more efficiently, and become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. All right, today on the show, we have Danny Randazzo. Danny, how's it going? Good, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here and talk budgeting and asset management. Awesome. Well, if you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Yeah, I'm a managing partner at PassiveInvesting.com. We are a multifamily syndication group. We buy class A and class B assets around the Southeast US, either that have value-add opportunity or operational optimization opportunities. The whole goal there is to really increase net operating income, NOI, throughout our hold period. And then we plan to sell or exit these at a higher valuation. If any listeners are interested in learning more about our multifamily investing strategies and kind of what we do more specifically, you can go to PassiveInvesting.com and digest all of the information that's available there. And so that's what we do today. That's great. That's great. So let's dive into budgeting. You're underwriting a new property. Talk me through your budgeting process. Yeah, the budgeting process, it's a very thorough review of what the seller's performance has done. One caveat that I'll make to the listeners is when we go to buy assets, we're looking at properties greater than 150 units, greater than $25 million in purchase price. And so most of our sellers that we would work with are institutional quality sellers. And I say that because they typically have pretty good books. They're not a first time owner operator. So they've kind of have the experience to know what typical operations should be. And they probably work with an experienced management company. So All that being said, the takeaway is when we budget, we look at what the previous owner's performance was and we understand how they operated it because likely them being a pretty decent owner operator, their numbers shouldn't be too far off. Now, obviously we'll have some outliers that their numbers were way too high or their numbers were way too low and they're trying to make the property look better or look worse potentially. But that being said, we'll understand where they're at and then we'll come up with our own kind of passiveinvesting.com budget and then we'll have our third party property manager come up with their budget as well. And so when we talk specific numbers and looking at the budget, you know, a couple of big line items, you need to look at all of the line items, but a couple of big ones that stand out that are differentiators Number one, your biggest expense outside of debt service is usually your payroll at a property that's greater than 100 units. And so that's a big item. And it's pretty quick to tell if you own or operate multiple properties in one region or one city, 
breaking down the expense per door is a good rule of thumb to say, okay, payroll in South Carolina, in Greenville specifically, should be about $1,200 a door. Now, if you had the same exact property in New York City or San Francisco, payroll could probably be $2,000 a door or more just because salaries are higher, payroll burden is higher. And so when we think about budgeting, Gary, to answer your question, we look at it based on a cost per door so we can have a better understanding of how it's compared to our other assets in the portfolio. Thanks for bringing it down nice and easy for our listeners. Particularly, I like you know separating your A and B class properties versus your C class where you might be able to find a lot more operational inefficiencies. So who's involved in your budgeting process? I mean, well, you kind of, you know, your, your third-party property management, but on your team, is it the asset manager? Or who's handling that? Yeah, so you know, typically it's our whole team that oversees it, but specifically we have our director of asset management who handles all of that budgeting and review process. And then I'm of course involved in each different aspect as things come up to make sure we're hitting the numbers or if we're being, you know, overly conservative or overly aggressive, we'll need to adapt and change or as, you know, operations fluctuate, you know, there's viruses that come up and things that may have an impact on your operations. And so you need to be able to adapt quickly and make those decisions. But when you think about our team specifically, we really have myself and then our director of asset management. And then we work side by side with our third party property manager to ensure those budget numbers as well. Nice. You talked about the variation in payroll, you know, between South Carolina and New York City. But in the properties that you you manage, are there other areas of differentiation based on where you're located? Absolutely. So, you know, when I think about your expenses and your budgeting, and, and it goes to the income side as well, I kind of take the Sam Walton approach of what's your number one expense and then what's your number two so number one typically is your debt service number two is your payroll we talked about that number three is typically insurance as far as controllable and insurance varies greatly if you're a coastal property if you're in a flood zone if you're in an area of higher risk whatever weather things of that nature so insurance it's a big item, but there's not much that I can do as an owner other than shop for better quotes. And if you're big enough, you know, maybe you self-insure, but I'm going to not even get down that road with the listeners unless they're there and they know more probably about the insurance piece. But those items would differ greatly. Again, if you think about labor cost, right? That has to do a lot with your repairs and maintenance or even any sort of planned improvements that you have. Again, if you have a property in New York versus South Carolina, your vendors may have different pricing, different installation costs, different fuel charges. And so it varies greatly, but one of the reasons why we're successful at PassInvesting.com is because we only look at properties in the Southeast U.S., but of the Southeast U.S., we really buy in about four cities. We look in Charleston, South Carolina, 
Greenville, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Charlotte. So those are our four primaries. And then we just know those areas really well. And that's kind of where we stay focused. So, you know, I would just encourage the listeners to have that level of focus starting out because if you asked me to compare my portfolio to New York, I would have no idea. And the second thing is I don't care what payroll cost is in New York, period. Danny, budgeting is more of an art than a science in my mind. And, you know, when you're first starting out, you're taught to be very conservative. But in a market like, you know, we were in a couple of months ago, it's very difficult to be conservative on every line item and then be competitive in this market. So where's the fine line between that? Yeah, at the end of the day, I think most people in the multifamily space should be looking at hundreds of opportunities a month in their specific market. And maybe you're buying one or none each month, maybe one or two deals. You know, our goal this year is to buy 300 million in multifamily, and that's going to be across five to seven acquisitions. And so, by looking at a high volume of deals, most of them are not going to work. And that's probably because we are a conservative group, right? I don't need to buy a bunch of deals. We're going to buy five to seven this year. And we're going to do that by just buying the deals that work for us. Now, everyone is different, right? You have a different level of risk. You have a different level of investors. You have a different level of concern or commitment or backing for a deal, our philosophy, again, we stay pretty darn strict to our criteria. You know, for example, I know in the Carolinas payroll, it's going to be very, very difficult to get your payroll below, I'll call it 1250 a door. And so for us, we're just never going to look and underwrite a deal that's less than that. And so I think to answer your question, Kyle, you need to have a strict set of criteria and stick to it. If a deal doesn't work because your criteria is conservative, then it's not the deal for you. Keep looking. There's more deals out there because at the end of the day, if you get stuck buying an okay deal with bad or not conservative budgeting, then you're going to be in a much worse situation if you had been, if you just passed on the deal. And so for us, again, our philosophy, we're not buying a ton of deals, but we're just going to buy the ones that work for us and fit our criteria. Our criteria doesn't change for the deal. The deal changes to meet our criteria, if that makes sense. That's really good advice. Besides Excel, do you use anything else for budgeting? You know, we use Excel as the primary tool to do budgets, but we will evaluate different data sets in order to come up with what our kind of feeds the budget. And so if we are looking for, you know, guidance on repair and maintenance cost, we may do an analysis of different assets in that area or that specific neighborhood to see where their repair and maintenance costs were at to add to our budget. But Excel is the primary tool and then different data sets. So, you know, we use CoStar for some of our data information and metrics. CoStar is really good in having vacancy 
or occupancy projections, as well as year over year rent projections. So are rents trending up at 3% a year? Are they trending downwards at 2% a year? And so again, it goes back to what I said earlier about having a strict criteria, even with our markets, you know, I don't need to know everything that goes on in the Southeast US, but I know pretty well what happens in the markets that we're invested in. Yeah, that's good. I know some people take that shotgun approach. And Colin, I definitely agree with what you're doing, focusing on, on a few markets and doing that really, really well. Kyle, let me pass it to you to wrap it up. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Danny, we ask every guest on the show this last question. What is your asset management superpower? Asset management superpower is attention to detail and everyone needs to have it. So if you don't have the attention to detail or the time, the ability to sit down and look at everything, you need to stop what you're doing and find someone to be on your team that will do it. And I'll give one quick tip to save everybody money with the next deal that they buy. Look at your seller's internet and telephone and cable usage for the leasing office. I would bet money that if you call the provider, you can get a discount on the services. And so that's the kind of attention to detail that we strive to have. Not only are we looking at the highest expense line item, but we look down at the $10 a month line item. And if I can bring my phone bill down, by $15 a month times 12 months at a five cap, I'm creating thousands of dollars in value for that asset. And so, you know, every single dollar counts when you're looking at asset management. So to circle back, Kyle, the answer is you have to have the attention to detail. Love it. Awesome, Danny. Thanks for coming on the show and talking about budgeting with us. I learned a bunch of things here. You do multiple budgets. So different people are doing different budgets. So you can come up with a a solid number. You do it by cost per door and market specific, which is extremely important. Like you said, New York is different than California. That's different than Phoenix, than North Carolina and control the controllables and stick to your criteria. So I know you already mentioned passiveinvesting.com, but tell the listeners where else they can find out more about you. Yeah, if you want to learn about me personally, go to dannyrandazzo.com and I've got my blog there and fun other facts and information. So anything that you want to know, available there. Perfect. Well, thanks for everyone for listening in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a like, subscribe and review so we can continue to grow this podcast and we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.